0: Come on! Welcome to Lifeblood, this is George G and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Galen Hare. Galen, are you ready to do this?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Let's 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 go. Galen is an attorney. He is the owner of Insurance Claim HQ. They are a firm fighting for the rights of policyholders who have been who have experienced a loss due to fire flood, hurricanes, or insurance companies simply not keeping their word. Galen, I'm excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do.
1: Yeah, so basically when I was a younger man, Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans. Ended up coming down to New Orleans to, like, gut houses, which probably was the, like, apex of my skill set at the time. And uh, hooked up with some really cool people who were doing some awesome things um, regarding hurricane relief. Uh, One thing led to another, and I uh, found myself here running this firm, which is pretty awesome. Like, in retrospect, when you think that in 2006, I had zero aspirations whatsoever.
0: Nice. So... Obviously, obviously, Katrina was one of those moments in our country that, that I, th- I feel like it really brought people together. And are, are, are you from Louisiana?
1: Not at all. So I'm from Arlington, Texas. At the time, I was up in Boston studying opera, so I had oh. really no connection other than just kind of this desire to be there. Um, I think we all go through that phase. Men and women alike, but I think when you're a young man and you're kind of trying to figure out what to do with your life and where to go, something just kind of grabs you, and that was my thing.
0: Nice. Well, I, I certainly appreciate you doing that, and I can't even imagine the experience. Um, and so you were studying opera. T- t- tell me a little bit about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's not as sexy as it sounds, right? So, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. I come from kind of a traditional Texas school, so just a ridiculously like ungodly amount of people in one building, um, which is, ended up being a fantastic resource. These 5A schools in Texas, I mean they're bigger than some colleges. They had a really good music program, I was in choir. Turned out I could sing okay, which really opened the ability for me to go to school. Uh, otherwise money would have been a massive issue, turns out there's not a lot of guys like lining up to sing professionally it just doesn't happen as much with women however there's a lot of women so every single school is looking to add guys to those rosters in order to kind of round out what they need in order to successfully run a program which basically opened up schools all across the northeast to me
0: amazing well that's very cool all right so so you're doing that and it's your it was your thought at the time to potentially be a professional singer
1: hopefully I kind of got on that path it's a long path it's like at least 10 years I have friends that I graduated with that are still kind of hustling and not quite there working other jobs doing other things so it's definitely an awesome aspiration for all but a pipe dream for some and I just uh I thought maybe I'd make a go of it but I was kind of feeling less and less confident around the same time that Katrina hit
0: yeah, I appreciate that. Nice. All right, and so the you, you have the experience with Katrina and and helping with the relief effort and, and and doing demo on homes, and it clicks. Okay, I bet there's a lot of people who are going to need help. And you know, I, I, where's the money going to come from? Walk walk me through the process of actually becoming the attorney and and finding or landing where you are now.
1: Yeah, so insurance wasn't even a consideration at the time, Um, but there were a lot of really cool people kind of assembled in the greater New Orleans area after the storm. Some really interesting folks, definitely more social justice warrior type um, folks, which are not usually my jam, Um, but... You know, like, definitely the type that, like, will sit around a campfire all night and, like, get high and be like, yeah, damn the man, you know. Um, So I found myself a little outside my element, but loving every minute of it Um, without, obviously, I didn't get high because I can't say that. Um, But, you know, they were really cool folks. And we ended up starting this organization called the Student Hurricane Network. And the theory was this. There was going to be lots of money coming into the region in terms of aid, maybe not enough. But there were going to be people with ideas, with really cool ideas and money to try to fix things because everything was broken. But there weren't going to be bodies. There weren't going to be man. There wasn't going to be manpower. All of these organizations would be almost competing to try to get help. However, there were all these lawyers and law students kind of involved in these groups. I wasn't a law student yet. And they realized what there were were tons and tons of students with summer breaks, Christmas breaks, spring breaks. And we put together almost a platform where students from all over the country, ideally law students, but really any students, would come for a week, two, three at a time and volunteer with these organizations. So it was kind of interesting because, like, in our earliest days, we didn't do anything technically, but we fed people to all of these organizations that did some really, really cool things. And that led to some like massive almost structural changes to New Orleans as it were. There was a massive program called Road Home that was designed to get these people back into their homes and get these homes elevated. And it was like through that that they, it was through our students that volunteered that this major nonprofit proved that like the state was devaluing homes in black communities compared to identical homes in white communities and that ended up getting all of these traditionally black neighborhoods more money to fix their homes. Um, and so did some really, really righteous things. Awesome. But that obviously didn't get me, I guess, to being a lawyer. So (laughs) ended up going to law school, probably FOMO because everyone else around me was a lawyer or a law student. (laughs) Um, then definitely was kind of tired of being broke, which had been a massive theme in my life since I was a child. So ended up going to a defense firm, got up to New York, you know, the really nice, law firm where they literally, by the way, it's not like a joke, they serve you dinner on a silver platter. Like a platter actually shows up, Um, it's crazy. So (laughs) the height of being spoiled was working, doing defense work for a very, very big insurance company, an international insurance company, and kind of had that like, I always say like, we're just kind of searching for our Jerry Maguire moment. So kind of had that like, and people don't remember this from the movie, they remember Jerry Maguire flipping out. What they don't remember is the little kid Telling him to F off everyone forgets ah. that that's actually how it all started is he's coming out of the hospital This kid's like shouldn't you get him to stop playing and the kid tells him to F off and like that's Kind of my moment is like when I had like a widow tell me to F off um, I kind of realized that I wasn't who I wanted to be so I came back down and started representing policyholders
0: That is a that's the that, that, that's that's an awesome story like literally New York City eating dinner on a silver platter and representing insurance companies and you've got a widow that tells you to f off and you kind of slump down in your chair, I imagine, or whatever that might look like, you're like, I need to I need to do something else. So that probably wasn't the easiest thing in the world. How, how, how long did the transition take to, 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 to get you to where you are now? Yeah,
1: so the transition back to New Orleans was really quick, really simple the transition into representing policyholders was also very quick and simple, mm. but to get to where we are now, that was like a 10-year process, you know? And I guess there's classes and stuff on this, and there's certainly mastermind programs and things like this, but when you are building a business, in my opinion, the real tools to success are just not easily found. Mm. I don't think they really teach them in business school I don't think they really teach them to people that have gotten their MBAs maybe they do I mean obviously I don't have an MBA they definitely don't teach them in law school so (laughs) it's just like a massive amount of trial and error to grow a business and I'm not we're obviously going to keep making mistakes I don't think we're perfect yet but what I know today would have saved me so much time and money 10 years ago
0: yeah, I, I I I don't doubt that for a second. So, you've got insurance companies with I I, I sort of think about it from the perspective of the, the big giant and then the little person who is the policyholder. And when something bad happens, it just kind of kind of kind of set that stage for me. Do insurance companies like paying out? Is 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 is, is it hard? Why Why do you exist?
1: Yeah, so in 1997, Allstate hired a company called McKinsey & Company to review their claims. And what McKinsey & Company told them is you're paying too much on your auto and your property damage claims. And property is what we deal with. So your home, your business, your physical building. And McKinsey laid out this just in some ways beautiful and in some ways beautiful like Frankenstein – Way of underpaying claims, ways of delaying communication with your customers. I, I mean, crazy like slides later that would come out and just be absolutely damning for Allstate. Things like if your customer accepts your first offer, they're in good hands, otherwise put on the boxing gloves. Hmm. Um, take an alligator approach to dealing with your customers. Alligators wait for their prey to become tired and weak and then they snap, you know? I mean, slides later, I'll say, would be really, really embarrassed about. In fact, they spent years trying to keep those slides from becoming public and ended up getting in a lot of trouble with the court system before they finally released them to a few people. And even now, they've kind of shoved that genie back in the bottle and it's kind of hard to find them. Uh, but that would later infect the rest of insurance companies across the country because. Executives move and people in insurance, just like any other industry, they move to competitors and they go back and forth and this claims handling strategy of what we call delay, deny, defend would start to hit every single insurance company around the country. Now, it's cyclical. You could be sitting there saying, I've got the best insurance company in the world. Not only did they pay my claim, but they pay all my friends claims. Give it three years they probably weren't paying claims five years ago. They go around and around in circles. So what we're doing is largely identifying those carriers that currently are not behaving well, or even just made a mistake, and helping our clients who are homeowners or business property owners, helping them get paid fairly for their claims, which just unfortunately, it should be a given, and it just is not. And I would go so far it makes me sound a little conspiracy theorist, and and that's definitely not the goal. But I would go so far as to say, over 90% of claims, maybe over 95% of claims, are not paid fairly out of the gate.
0: Wow, that doesn't surprise me at all. Not nothing you just said surprises me. Um, and yeah, I think that that the the, the 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 term beautiful that 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 McKinsey put together this, this 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 process. It's obviously a terrible thing to be sort of laughing about it, but at some level, that, that's all you can do. The audacity to actually put slides together talking about, hey, if you accept the first offer, you're in good hands. If you don't, boxing gloves are, 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 are coming on. And the whole thing about the alligator or the crocodile, that makes perfect sense. I mean, people do get worn down. Um, we get exhausted by these things. And so then people are probably more apt to take lowball offers um, so I appreciate that. And, that, and that's, that's, that's really an, an awful thing in the time that people need the support of, of a, a large entity or they need the money. That's, that's, that's when they're not getting it. And the thought that 90 to 95% of claims are not handled fairly, um, that, that doesn't surprise me either. So when you say that they're paid fairly, what does that mean?
1: Yeah, so in my mind, paid fairly, and I think the law in most states would say paid fairly means you receive enough money to restore yourself. The the technical definition is receive enough funds to restore yourself to your pre-loss condition, less your deductible. You got to deal with your deductible in pretty much every state. If you have a $5,000 deductible, you are going to be $5,000 in the hole at the end of your claim. You should be because that's the contract you've had but you should not be more than $5,000 in the hole at the end of your claim. And that's unfortunately where the rubber meets the road is it almost is a game for some carriers to say, well, how much can I underpay this person so we can continue to make a profit because we have shareholders to whom we're responsible, but also not necessarily encourage them to go get help and get more money. And in some states, this is a really, really fine line because some states have enacted laws, which are known as bad faith laws that are desi- or prompt pay laws that are designed to protect policyholders. And in fact, give them some upside to being underpaid because some states know, hey, it doesn't really make sense. Like if you have $100,000 that you were underpaid and you bring in a lawyer and the lawyer takes a bunch of that money, you're still kind of screwed. So some states have said, well, you can get your attorney fees, or you can get penalties in attorney fees, or you can only get penalties, right? And these states have come out with ways that they say disincentivize the carrier from behaving badly. In my experience, it doesn't affect anything in terms of whether it de- like disincentivizes them. However, it incentivizes advocates for those people to jump into those markets, if that makes
0: sense. It does. It's interesting. So – i don't think i've ever thought about it like that the deductible that is what the insurance companies sort of have have underwritten and they're attempting to factor in the cost of 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 doing business of profit of overhead of 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 all these things
1: yeah i don't know how you know the deductible i think for them for their actuarial tables is more figured to be an amount of loss that they think is going to be common typical and that so they don't want to pay it Right. So, for instance, in areas where we have a lot of hail, there's a deductible that typically is about 75 to 100 percent of the cost of a roof on that house because they don't want to pay for roofs because right. they know otherwise they might be paying for a roof every year. And if their premiums are, let's say, two or three thousand a year, well, if they're coughing up 12, 15 grand a year, they're losing money. Right. Um, so the deductible varies in Louisiana, for instance, they have hurricane deductibles. Well, that is 2% of your coverage. It could be as high as 5% of your coverage. Uh, And again, that's designed so if there's kind of a minimal amount of damage done by wind or or hurricane, you don't really get anything. So the carrier isn't really out any money. The problem with deductibles is threefold. A, you got to live with them. And policyholders don't realize that. And so we have to make them realize that. I can't tell you how many calls we get that are like, okay, but... You're going to take care of my deductible. Wink, wink. No, not going to take care of your deductible. Like, that's not what I'm here for. Um, but on the other side, the deductible creates this weird situation for carriers because there is now a massive incentive to come out. I'm talking about the carriers now, evaluate the damage and say that that damage is below deductible. So that's the first side. Like, so that's the second thing. That's the first one on the carrier side. The second thing on the carrier side is that will jack up, for lack of a technical term, the entire process because now the carrier isn't setting what we call a reserve on the claim because they're finding that they don't need to pay anything. So that carrier is not in the mindset to pay. We all know this, right? When you're investing, when you're running a business, when you're doing whatever, mindset is 90% of the battle. And if the carrier is putting themselves in a mindset where they've decided they don't owe any money, getting them out of that mindset sometimes takes a lot of work.
0: Well, that certainly does make sense. All right. So so when should people contact you?
1: Me? Right away. I mean, there's a lot of folks they can use. It doesn't need to be me. But I'll tell you this. Most attorneys that actually do this work, as well as some of my contemporaries that do other things like public adjusting, etc., The fees that they charge without filing a lawsuit are insanely low considering what they offer. And the reason for that is we want to be involved on the front end so we can steer your claim the right direction. It's probably not too late until it's too late, right? We can get involved at almost any time. But I'm always amazed at how many policyholders, and I guess I should say this, right? (laughs) We don't, insurance seems to be the only area where we're all experts. I don't Mm. understand why. Um, You know if I'm having heart trouble, I go see a cardiologist if I'm worried about my brain I'm gonna go see a brain surgeon. There's I, I just I'm always gonna specialize Insurance is one of the few areas Where every single person is like oh, I can handle the claim myself Why can you handle the claim yourself? You knew nothing about insurance before this started. You know nothing about construction you have none of the tools you need but you, sir, are going to get that claim paid 100% in an industry where they do not pay claims, right? Um, but that's twofold. That's A, because confidence is never a bad thing, and then B, that's also because of the massive amount of marketing that insurance companies do. You're in good hands, we're a good neighbor, trust us, be here with us, we love you, we care about you, right? And you, if you buy into that marketing, you're kind of setting yourself up for a loss. So my ideal time, is like people call us and they're like, oh, my house burned down yesterday, or a hurricane just hit, what should I do? Well, we'll handle that from you from beginning to end for way less money than you think, um, to the point where you're gonna come out ahead than if you would never hired anyone. During that process, the timeline of a claim, there are a lot of different things that will happen every step of the way. And I always say it never gets better, it always gets worse if you don't have someone steering it. Um, So your claim gets a little bit worse, after the insurance company comes out, it gets a little bit worse after they talk to you because sometimes they try to trick you into saying things that are designed to get rid of coverage, it gets a little bit worse after they send someone else out, it gets a little bit worse after you take that first check, it gets a little bit worse after you hire, so it just keeps getting worse. But I actually see the opposite sometimes when people hire good professionals, even my competitors, where the claim gets better. It's like these carriers are so ingrained in how they handle things that sometimes, and and that's not all the time, but sometimes they can't help but screw it up. Like, I was on the phone to a defense lawyer the other day and told him, Tim, this is the weirdest case. Because as a plaintiff attorney, my cases get worse as time goes on because clients come in and they're like, I've got this multi-million dollar house that was damaged by this thing and I've got amazing coverage. And, you know, then we find out as the case progresses that, a, it's a super cheap house, and B, they kind of caused the damage themselves or they knew about it from a prior loss, and then C, <laughs> you know, like, like people inherently are like their own best advocate, and sometimes it's just not true, right? But I was telling him, Tim, like, every time we do something in this case, this case gets better. Like, why are we still here? And we ended up settling that, what should have, what was a denial, it started as zero dollars to our client. We ended up settling it for a massive sum of money. Um, and that's really just a testament to hiring the right people and getting the right people in the room. And are we the best lawyers in the world? No, I don't think so. Um, but we know this area really, really well. So it's that David and Goliath analogy you made earlier. I think it makes it a lot more like Goliath and Goliath. And there's something to be said
0: for that. Amen. I think that that's very well said right there. Well, Galen, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you and how, how can they engage with you?
1: Yeah, so we have a website, uh, insuranceclaimhq.com. So one claim, insuranceclaimhq.com. That's got all our stuff on it, including social media and like everything you could possibly need.
0: Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Galen your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to insuranceclaimhq.com. And if you're listening to this and been in the back of your mind or something has happened, it doesn't, I think it's probably a pretty good idea to go on there and just educate yourself and get in touch with Galen. Thanks again, Galen. Thank you. And until until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.